Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'm Roy Fur, and as you can see, if you are watching, I have some guests today. I have Rob Marsh and Kira Hug from the Copywriter Club, and let's just let's just dive in with a, a quick question. Okay, Rob, Kira, with 14,000 plus copywriters in the Copywriter Club and over 1.2 million podcast episode downloads. Which of you two is most responsible for your success and which one is the total slacker? <laughs> Kira, Kira is responsible for the success and I'm the slacker. No doubt about it. Oh <laughs> my God. No, that is, no. Rob gets stuff done. Like filling, okay. For example, filling out your form for your podcast. Who filled it out? <laughs> Rob, who probably would never fill it out? Me. So um, Rob keeps us getting stuff done, getting things published, the business moving forward. Otherwise, I would just go on a retreat and like never come back and just get lost in my lost. Maybe, in my maybe the right answer is we've got a pretty good team, a small but mighty team that helps us get stuff done. That's the right awesome. answer. Yeah. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Fur, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Well, let's let's talk about teams and partnerships in a minute. But for those of you who don't know, Rob Marsh and Kira Hug are copywriters, both with a ton of success on their own as copywriters. They're also the co-founders of the Copywriter Club and co-hosts of the incredibly popular, at least among discerning copywriters, podcast of the same name, the Copywriter Club. And I had the good fortune to meet them and to appear on the Copywriter Club a few years back, and um, and and so I feel very fortunate to be flipping that around today and getting to grill them about some topics that they know quite a quite a lot about um, as leaders of this big group that is the Copywriter Club. So, uh, Rob and Kira, you know, continuing with a little bit of uh, lightheartedness from the intro, your website addresses the rumor that you met on Tinder. Uh, are you willing to <laughs> confirm or deny this? I have a feeling Kara will confirm it and I'll deny it. So uh, yeah. Yes, uh -huh. we, we did. We we met on a Skype. Was it Skype at the time? I don't even think we were using Zoom. I think it was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. 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 We were part of a, we were part of a mastermind and okay. uh, Kara was smart enough to think, Hey, maybe I should get to know everybody in the mastermind. And so she actually reached out to me and just said, Hey, you know, let's, let's hop on a call for 20 minutes. So yeah, we, we connected that way and uh, just kind of created a friendship that has blossomed into so much more. Yeah. I don't remember doing that too. I don't remember reaching out to you, Rob. I don't remember any of that. I still have the email. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll find it and we'll share it with somebody. <laughs> She's not claiming that. <laughs> oh, uh, for real though, you, you, you seem to have a really solid partnership that's now gone on. I don't know exactly how many years you would know better better than I, um, but you've been in this business, you've built this business together for years, you now have a team. Uh, I think it's interesting. I once heard that uh, a lot of very successful startups have two founders and there's, there's an increase in success for startups that have two founders versus one, as long as, of course, they have a good relationship um, and a good partnership. So what do you think has been behind creating your solid partnership and, and leading the Copywriter Club together? Well, I think part of it is that we're very different. Um, okay. So 
I think we can reach more people through our unique expertise. What Rob brings to the table is very different from what I bring to the table. We always joke about like Rob is business school, I'm art school. And so part of it is we're gonna attract a larger pool of people, um, but also we bring a, just a totally different experience and skill set that we can pull into the business. So I, th I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and then I would add to that just a high level of trust. Um, you know, thanks to those initial conversations, you know, we met at an event where a bunch of people, you know, that were in that mastermind got together. It, you know, it it sort of developed over a couple of years, and by the time we were ready to launch whatever it was, whatever the copywriter club was going to become. And we didn't have a, a real business plan in place. We knew it, we, it wasn't just a podcast and we knew it wasn't just, you know, hanging out, having fun, but we didn't know exactly what we would end up building. But we had just this high level of trust. I knew that if, you know, if I put in time, if I helped create something that Kira was going to do it as well. And I think that has lasted over the five years that we've been doing this thing together. But so I think part of that is like we got lucky because we didn't know each other that well. When we went into this business together, we had met once, like you said, at a conference where we didn't hang out that much. And then we had been in the mastermind group. But I think part of it is like we got lucky because Rob had a good vibe, but also I didn't know him. I didn't know that it was going to work out. I think I took a chance on you and you took a chance on me. Yeah, there's definitely luck involved. So if you could, if you could go back to the beginning, is there a way that you feel like, or maybe in a new venture, is there a way that you feel like you would screen for complementary skill sets or anything you've learned along the way that you would look for in a partner? It's funny um, that either you, one of you. It's funny that you asked that because we have talked about this. You know, looking back, uh, you know, you've you've heard. Uh, I'm sure of the EOS system, visionary and integrator, and all of that. And both Kira and I tend to be visionary, um, okay. although at times. We have had to step into an integrated role and you know create some some things, um, but as we've talked about this in the past, you know we've advised other people saying you know maybe it's not always the best to have two visionaries together because sometimes yeah. we don't finish stuff you know as fast as we would like to or we don't you know things don't happen as fast because uh, you know I'll have an idea and I'm like this is a great idea and we get started on it and then Kira has an idea and that's another great idea and we should get started on that and so you know we we have more ideas than we can execute on um, and I'm not saying that uh, either one of us would have chosen a different partner because it has worked out things have been really good but uh, looking back, um, you know, maybe if we had had that framework in our heads, uh, we would have ended up with somebody differently. Yeah. So Rob, you wish I was more of an integrator. Is that what you're trying to say? Only as much as you wish I were an integrator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that's, that is totally true that, it, you know, there are so many businesses succeed in the beginning because they have a visionary, somebody like bringing new ideas to the table, but I've worked in businesses where, man, if that visionary is not restrained a little bit by an integrator, um, the, the business just goes every direction and that's yeah. not conducive to success. So I, I came to you wanting to talk about two big topics as, as someone who's observed the growth of the Copywriter Club um, for a number of years. I, I wanna to talk to you about community and audience building. And we'll talk a little bit about copywriting too, but clearly this community and audience building has been a big part of your success in the Copywriter Club. So you initially grew the Copywriter Club to 7,000 members within 12 months, and you now have over 14,000 copywriters. Um, 
Let's start with the benefit to the copywriters themselves. How are copywriters served by connecting and participating in a community like yours? And what do you see as some of the biggest benefits there? Yeah, I mean, I think the first part is that it's free and that's huge. Um, the Facebook group we started initially that's still going and has 14,000 people um, is totally free and it's been supported by our team the entire time. It's well organized, so it's a way for them to connect with each other. Um, and then the podcast also, I mean, it's also free and I feel like we've we've created the podcast so it feels like each episode is a masterclass. Um, and really put a lot of time into um, what's going to make people come back to this podcast. What can we give them that could change their business and help them make more money, um, even though this is this is a free platform for them? So I think that's where it starts with like, here's a gift for you. We really enjoy making it. Hopefully it helps you. And then it's really rewarding to know that it it has helped some people who continue to come back to the podcast. Yeah. And, and then we hear from people who engage in the Facebook or who hear the, the podcast. It's like, oh, I've found my people. And, and that's kind of a magical thing. I mean, you know this, Roy, I know your story a bit. You know, when you start out as a copywriter and you're kind of on your own, if you don't have a mentor or a group of people that you can turn to, where do you get answers to the questions? You know, you, you yeah. can go to Google or, or uh, you know, somewhere else on the internet and or Quora, you know, what, and ask your questions, but the answers you get aren't always satisfactory. And sometimes they're wrong. A lot of times they're incomplete, even if they're right. And so having a, a community around you that can support you, that can be your people and help you get through questions, concerns, things that are going wrong, help celebrate wins, it's invaluable. I wish that I had done it years before I actually did is, you know, to start connecting with other copywriters. One of the things that if I could go back and do over again, I would totally change in, in my own business. And hopefully we're providing that for copywriters who, you know, are at all levels of their business from just starting out to expert way to connect yeah. with each other. I remember when I would, I got started as a copywriter in 2005, but I didn't actually, like I got a marketing job. And yeah. then I, I did copywriting and I was I was in that marketing job until late 2009 was the first time I went to any in-person copywriting event. And actually, it turned out that another copywriter who was going to be at that event lived in the same town as me. And so we had the opportunity. We went to lunch before that. And, um, and it was the first time where I really felt like, yeah, I'm meeting my people. Like right. then suddenly you're in this space with all these other people who are copywriters and, you know, we can feel like aliens to the rest of the world, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, like, we're so familiar to each other that, that just having a place to connect is, is hugely beneficial and recognize that, oh yeah, there are people who are doing this and having the same ups and having the same, up, same downs and going through the same experiences and can be resources. So specific to the Facebook group. Um, well, I don't know. I, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to separate these things. Which one came first, I guess, the Facebook group or the podcast? It came at the same time, uh, Rob, you're muted, but they came at the same time. We launched the podcast first. And then a couple of days later, we opened the Facebook group. Is that right, Rob? You yeah, know? we recorded uh, four or five episodes and went live with them. And then we opened the Facebook group almost at the exact same time so that people could talk about what we were talking about on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess it is, it is a unified brand. What do you, what do you feel like, and, and maybe Kira, you were already getting to this with the, with like the amount of value that you're putting out there just for free, but what do you think is behind the growth of the copywriter club is, uh, was it 
specific things you did? Are there things that we maybe don't see from the outside um, or benefits of good fortune, good timing, being in the right place at the right time? Like how, how much of those different things added up? And do you have any insights on that? Yeah, I think that the group took off because we were inviting the right people in early on. And like, I mean, I hate to use the word influencer, but we were inviting people and copywriters we felt like were influential that we had a connection to. I was going through my Rolodex to see, okay, this copywriter, I know if she's in the room, she's going to be engaged and people are going to want to be around her. And so I'm going to invite her. And so it was just pulling from all of our um, relationships to get the right people in the room so that we wouldn't necessarily have to hang out in there all the time, but it would just take off without us. And it would remove us from being the Kira and Rob show, where if we disappear, walk away for a day, it's quiet, but get other people in there to lead conversations. So I think it was really strategic invitations early on that then just kind of built into that momentum and built the group early on. Yeah. And and Kira's kind of underselling her role in actually really curating who was in that group. Uh, You know, when we launched it, she spent the first three months really intentionally reaching out to almost all the copywriters that we could connect to. Not just people that we were really close to, but I can even remember getting a message from her saying, hey, I just found this list of 200 copywriters in Australia. I'm going to email them all and ask them to join the group. Like she was looking for people to connect obsessive. with. But but I'm that's one of Kira's strengths. And it's and you know, when we were talking earlier about, you know, how do you how do you um you know match up together? That's not something that I would have done. But it's something that Kira is really good at connecting with people, seeing, you know, who they are for who they are, helping people connect. And because she was so intentional about that, the group grew really fast and it it really started out with a bang. It wasn't, you know, hey, 30 people and then 32 people the next week. And there's hardly any discussions happening. Within a few weeks, there were dozens of discussions happening and people interacting and sharing knowledge. And um, and then that just helped perpetuate it even more. You know, Facebook then started saying, hey, add these people. And it, it the growth was, you know, phenomenal. I really, I like the intentionality there of wanting to create you know, to to the the nomenclature of, of the club, wanting to create a group of people who would contribute to each other, and not not just add numbers, right? To some degree, when you say, "Oh, there's a list of 200 Australian copywriters," you know that that does feel a little bit like adding numbers. But the intentional process at the beginning of saying, "Okay, here are people who I believe would like." make this a better place to hang out. That makes it feel like a community that you want to be a part of, not, you know, just some place where a bunch of people who share this, this name of copywriter who've all hung out their shingles as copywriters um, have, have clicked the, you know, join button. Um, So. Well, and and then add to that, you know, even, even though there may have been some copywriters that we didn't know closely, the personal invitation, Hey, come hang out with us. We've got this cool group that also helped make a difference. Excellent. So I feel like to some degree, this question has already been answered, but at this point there have, you know, there are a million free Facebook groups for everything from copywriting to whatever. So is there anything that you believe still distinguishes the copywriter club today versus signing up for, you know, some other copywriter Facebook group? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause that is something now there are tons of groups and the reason even back then, the reason why I wanted to start it is I had been kicked out of a couple other 
Facebook uh -oh. copywriting groups, maybe more DR focused. And I was kicked out. So I was like, I want a group where I fit in, where I can be a part of it. So, um, but now there, I'm sure I could find so many different groups where I might, if I were to start it now, I might not even want to start it because there's so many great groups out there. So it's shifted a bit. I think what holds our community together today is different. Um, the strength of our programs and the communities we build in our paid programs actually feeds into the free community. Because I believe if you create a, a really strong community in those more intimate rooms, then it'll bleed out into the larger community because people will show up and continue to contribute to those conversations because they care about the brand, they care about the community. So it kind of works in an ecosystem where now we've focused on those communities and it, you can feel it in, um, in how it works together. So uh, to some degree, you're, you're what I want to say, uh, you are cultivating those personalities. So originally you said, I want all these people here because they're already cool, right? And they're already the type of copywriters I want to hang out with. And now your programs are like, how can we make more people like that? How can we create more people who have this sense of community, but also have a lot to contribute themselves? And, um, and your programs are feeding into that, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. The the other thing too is that we've made community part of everything that we do, and this is I think something that's very different about the the courses that we do or you know the events. Um, like community is a really big part of it. it you, it's very rare that you buy something from us and you're on your own. We do things with cohorts. We like to introduce people and, and create those relationships between the people who are going through a particular thing with us. Because if we can help you build your network, in addition to teaching you how to do something like find clients or you know lay the foundations for your business, whatever, you're going to get so much more out of what we're teaching. You don't just walk away knowing how to write a headline. You walk away knowing how to write a headline. And you've got five people that you can bounce headlines around with to make them even better. That's excellent. Yeah. And the cool thing is that those communities will continue beyond what we do with them. So right. if, if a program ends, like, you know, we say goodbye, great. If they can jump into our membership, great, that's good. Um, but even if they don't, they stay in touch with the people they met and that community continues to go on beyond us. And I think that's the sign of a real community where it exists beyond what Rob and I are a part of. And we can help them start it, but we don't need to be there with them the entire time. The whole point is that they don't need us eventually. That's excellent. That's excellent. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about the podcast and its role in all of this. So you're now up to more than 300 episodes. Uh, last I checked, I think it was 309 was the last one published. Yep. And you crossed a milestone recently. You crossed 1 million downloads. And then I hear from Rob that you're already at 1.2. Uh, so crossing more milestones fairly quickly. What do you think, like, especially in a niche like copywriting, copywriting is fairly small. What do you think has made your podcast in particular so popular? That is a really, really good question. It's, so I, I know the answer, Rob. Go for it. Yeah. It's Rob's voice. Yeah. He has a really great <laughs> radio voice that. and people come back for it all the time. 
Uh, I mean, I, I wish that it were my voice. Um, you know, it's it's funny when we started the podcast initially. You know, we were thinking, okay, you know, it's a twenty to thirty minute conversation. And if you go back to those very first episodes, and you were on one of the first, you were like in the first uh, thirty, I think, Roy is like twenty two or twenty three, something like that. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but those episodes were a lot shorter than they are today. And at some point, we realized it's like actually there's so much stuff that we want to talk to people about that oftentimes our, our podcasts hit an hour long. And I think part of the attraction for, you know, what people get from us is that they're hearing real stories, you know, and, and it's how I got started in this, how I found my first clients, you know, a lot of the same things from copywriters, but the variety is eye-opening. And there are so many different ways to build a copywriting business. And there's so many different things that you can do with it. And we've been able to, sh we've been lucky to be able to shine a light on a lot of that. And I think because we're always willing to explore new ideas, new things, you know, people keep coming back and, you know, just because you learned how to do something on episode 92, doesn't mean that you don't have more to, to learn by episode number 309. Yeah. Part of it, part of it too, is it's evolved as we've evolved. And I think that helps keep it interesting because if it was the same show and we're asking similar questions, maybe not the same questions. I do think, I think copywriters would grow out of it, right? They like, they need it and then they wouldn't need it anymore. But I'm hoping that people stick around because we continue to fo follow our own interest and as it changes. And so part of it, when we hit our 200th episode, we changed the format of the show completely. And we added commentary, uh, usually by the two of us, on top of the interview. So we were adding more Kira and Rob to each episode. And partly that was hopefully to like make a stronger episode. But partly it was because I was getting a little bored with the podcast. Like I wanted it to be more interesting and to switch it up. Because if we're not engaged and we're not interested in having fun every episode, it's not going to be fun listening to it. So the topics have changed. I think we've gone deeper recently, even... In a recent podcast, we talked about addiction, alcoholism. We've talked about domestic abuse, topics that aren't necessarily the focus of the episode, but we're yeah. willing to kind of veer off because we can we can be copywriters and talk about hard things and still pull it back to business. That's something that I love to drop in here and there is just like any kind of episode that's completely or 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 topic that's completely irrelevant to copywriting and I'll put that in air quotes here because who we are as human beings is going to influence who we are as copywriters and so like I just recorded one on on the economy and like how the economy um how we exist within the economy and because I have the financial copywriting background I have maybe a unique perspective um and I've also talked about ADHD and like um, all that crazy stuff. And, um, oftentimes it's those episodes where people actually connect with it most, or there's totally. something, um, like I, I actually have this Buddhist painting on my wall, which, uh, you don't see very much in most of my camera shots, but, uh, somebody saw it and they said, I, when I saw that I had to sign up for your training for at least a month because that painting and the meaning in it means so much to me. And so I had to figure out what you, what you were saying about copywriting. Um, and, and it's strange, the things that we connect with. Um, uh, 
So I, I did look up. My episode is is number twenty four. I'll make sure okay. to include a link. So I, I almost so, got it right. I, I yeah, knew it was right in there somewhere. It's it's very close to the beginning. Um. So the question is: Was episode twenty four the high point or the best episode? Of it? <laughs> both. It was both. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I, I remember a lot of the stuff we talked about in that episode because you were the first person that talked about how do we charge royalties, and that oh, cool. was something that you know for for our audience was pretty new for a lot of people who yeah. listened. And to, I mean, honestly, you know, four years later, almost four years later, uh, I still think that if you listen to it today, it's every bit as good and every bit as applicable as it was then. So yeah, everybody should go back awesome. and listen to that, that episode. Well, thank you. But I do think we should get you back on the podcast. Cause that's, it's been a long time. So you need time, to yeah. time for an, time for another visit. Yeah. I, I would be, I would be happy to. So um, what in the context of, of podcast, Thing um, is, well, let, let me let me change this pre-written question. Um, so, what is maybe an unexpected impact that podcasting has had, either on what you do as copywriters or on the Copywriter Club? Has has there been something surprising about it uh, to to you? For yeah. well, so for me, and and this isn't necessarily like an impact on our business. The most surprising thing to me is when somebody uh, tells us that the reason that they're a copywriter today is because of our podcast, and that has happened, you know, more than just a handful of times, where where people come up and say, you know, without your podcast, I wouldn't have ever thought it was possible, or without your podcast, I wouldn't have even known this thing was available to me. You guys made it seem like it was doable. And, you know, today I'm, I'm earning, you know, five figures a month or six, you know, whatever the, the thing is that they're getting out of the business. And honestly, like when I hear that, I'm, it still surprises me, but it's immensely gratifying to know that we've been able to have that kind of an impact at least on a handful of people. And hopefully, you know, the, the broader audience is also getting something out of it. Maybe we didn't bring them to copywriting, but if we've been able to have an impact on their business, that to, I, I did not expect that when we started out, that that was going to be the thing. And so personally, that's been the biggest surprise. Yeah. And um, for me, I mean, I can say something very obnoxious, but in, in a way it's impacted me. Uh, I recently went vegan and I have to share it with the world because I was told that's what you have to do. Vegans talk do about that. it all the yeah. time. Talk about it all the time. You should take up so, CrossFit so you can talk about that too. I, I'm going to do CrossFit next and I'm going to talk about that all the time. And, um, but it's, I did it because of an interview on the podcast. I mean, it's not like I didn't know about it. I've been yeah. attempting to kind of jump into that world for a while, but it was an interview on the podcast with Topaz Hooper, who is a cruelty-free copywriter who's been in our program and niched down in one of our programs. But just speaking with her, I was so inspired. And she said the right thing at the right time to, to motivate me to make a pretty big change. Um, and so I think that's the power of podcasting is like, if you hear the right message at the right time, you can make a dramatic change and shift in your life. And I get, I'm lucky to be front row and to be able to ask the questions because selfishly the podcast is for me. It's for me to, to change and improve my life. And I get to ask the questions I want to ask. So that part of it is, is personal, um, and I could probably, there are other examples of how I've changed my life based on other interviews too, that have surprised me. But uh, to I'll go back to kind of what Rob was saying, like what we can do now is spotlight other people. So it's amazing that we've encouraged copywriters to 
pursue this career that we all believe in is, is great. But now we have this pot, podcast and platform where we can highlight people. And that feels like an Oprah moment, right? It's like, cool. It's not about Rob and Kira. It's about how can we actually help another copywriter by putting them on the show? And then and then they get a client or they get a new opportunity out of it. And that feels really exciting at this point. Let me give you a business lesson too that's come from Roy. Is we have found that people who listen to our podcast and then join our, our groups, especially our membership, stay longer. And you know, I'm certain that's because they get to know who we are by listening to the podcast. They feel more comfortable with us. They know the things that we may be able to help them with. And so they stay in our programs longer. And so, you know, where you're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs who may be doing something similar, the more people that you can introduce to your voice, your thinking, and podcasting is the best way to do it because it happens inside your head, not on a computer screen or in a book or whatever. Like you're literally listening to people inside your head. Um, you know, if you can make that connection with people, then when you're selling them something, they tend to stick around longer. Yeah, that's been my experience too, that the people who are really engaged with the podcast episodes and then become clients in whatever way, shape or form, they become much better clients than someone who maybe stumbles on an offer and is, you know, exactly. impulse buys it. So you've had like, you've had the, the community and the podcast working together for, a long time. How has that informed your, uh, like, like that's driven the growth of the Copywriter Club brand. How's that informed your live events, your gatherings, your programs, and how you've chosen to develop those calm products or offers? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to the, the community idea. You know, we really do put community uh, as a big part of everything. Like even at our live event, you don't just come to the event, sit in a chair and, you know, listen to the speakers and go back to your room, you know, order room service. Like we, for lunch, for dinner, everybody who comes, we connect them with six or seven other people. And you guys go to lunch together, you go to dinner together. Like we have um, taken that building community and building network thing and really made it part of the process of everything we do. So I know that sounds, I'm a little bit of a broken record here because we, we've kind of talked about that, but honestly, the, the power of community is so important and it really does change the, the way that we, you know, the way we go to market with everything that we do. It's just, it's an integral part of everything you do at the Copywriter Club. Yeah. And, and also the way it kind of works together is if we're working closely with copywriters in our, let's say in our mastermind group, the think tank mastermind, you know, a lot of yeah. our calls are one-on-one. -on -one, so we really get to know those members. And I feel like I wouldn't, at least I wouldn't be able to host the podcast in the way I do if I didn't have that intimacy where I kind of, I just know the struggles and I, at different levels based off those conversations so then I can ask a right, the right question in the podcast interview. So I feel like it strengthens both sides so we can create better content because we're doing client work with copywriters, like we're in the trenches with them. And then it, it just goes around. Then people listen to that podcast and they're more likely to become a client. So it's like, it's, again, it's like a really nice ecosystem that feeds itself. Yeah. So at, the, at this point, um, the most of the people that you've, uh, feature on the podcast, are they members of the Copywriter Club in one way, shape, or form? And I, I mean, it's it's certainly cool to have something that's built this momentum, not just 
for the business having momentum, but for everybody within the community having momentum that your success stories now have a lot to teach. So if I'm listening to some random recent episode of the Copywriters Club, what what's the likelihood that that's going to be someone who kind of, we'll say, came up within the Copywriters Club to some degree? Um, it's definitely a mix. It's probably, okay. you know, 25 to 30% have been through, you know, like a think tank or an accelerator program that we've done. And then we'll interview other people like yourself. Uh, you haven't been through, you know, our programs, but, you know, we're, we're aware of you. We see the things that you're doing. We just completed an, uh, an interview uh, with the owner of the ad girls, uh, you know, Facebook advertising agency, just an amazing company that she's built from scratch. And she and her partner have had this amazing team. Um, so we like to mix it up. We, you know, when we first uh, launched the podcast, we, you know, the intro said that we were talking to copywriters and other experts. And so that, you know, you have ideas to steal. That's still kind of the way we operate. It's copywriters and other experts. And, and we like to talk to anybody who can help us grow our skills or, you know, impact our business in some kind of a positive way. Yeah. I've I've had the I've I've enjoyed being able to as as a podcaster reach out and say, oh hey, like a, an example for me, I started using this platform called Focusmate, which has virtual co-working where you just log in oh, and it's one on one. Yeah, and so as soon as I signed up and I'm like, this is super cool. I'm going to use this all the time. Uh, I reached out to the CEO and I said, Hey, can I interview you? Because I think your platform is cool and it's useful for people like me who work from home, who, who uh, maybe need some help staying focused. And so you have that opportunity to bring those different voices into the yeah. conversation. Um, yeah. I think that's really important is just, you know, who's interesting right now. They might not be related to copywriting at all, but if Rob is really excited about that person, then that's going to be a really good episode because he's going yes. to bring that enthusiasm and those questions and people are going to want to listen. So I think that that's really important to our show too. Yeah. And you learn, you learn, I mean, copywriters are curious, right? If we only talked to copywriters, we would have episodes that are, you know, how do you write headlines? You know, what, do you, how do you do yeah. your research? Like at some point you want to learn about other things and all of that stuff makes you a better copywriter. And arguably the most boring copywriters that I've that, that I meet, and I'm not going to name any names. Aside are from, the people, aside from, yeah, yeah. truly, yeah. <laughs> um, are are the people who only study copywriting? Like at this point, uh, yeah. I'm I'm way more interested in like psychology books or you know what's going on. Who knows, right? Like I've, I've started. I've I've been one of those people who's like I only read nonfiction, but now I'm into all sorts of fiction, and. I don't know if it's making me a better copywriter yet, but just those different interests. I remember meeting um, Arthur Johnson, who a lot of people don't know him, but one of the best copywriters of the late 20th, early 21st century. And I think he was the one. It was either him or Eric Betrol said uh, that he had opened one marketing or copywriting book one time, and he immediately decided to close it. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, he's never read another marketing or copywriting book. And he became one of the best direct mail copywriters in the business. Um, and so so arguably, we don't need to just consume that, um, you know, the the how to write a good advertisement in order to become a, a, a good copywriter. 
I'm definitely not going to argue with Arthur Johnson if he actually said that. I, <laughs> I mean, to me, it's a mix, right? It's good to keep a hand in the thing that you yes. do. So, you know, if you if you pick up a, a book on copywriting, you review breakthrough advertising every couple of years, whatever. That's awesome. But read history, read philosophy, read psychology, read fiction. You know, there's there's life is so interesting, and to get stuck doing one thing only, yeah, how how immensely boring that would be. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, I use that as an example as I'm looking at my shelf full of copywriting and marketing <laughs> right. books. So, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so uh, together you've spoken with hundreds of copywriters about their successes. What kind of big lessons have been consistent between the different conversations? Anything that, that has kind of stuck with you? Uh, in, in terms of, of lessons learned to be successful as a copywriter today? Hmm. Good There's question. Um, not necessarily just for copywriters. And I'm thinking about a very recent interview because that's what my the memory is bringing to me right now. But I think what's just what's possible in a short period of time is quite amazing. And I think Hopefully that's what copywriters listening to our show, the message they take away and why they're inspired and they jump into the career is because you can do so much in such a short period of time, not to overpromise it, but just, we were talking to a CEO um, yesterday and she was sharing the success she's had in her agency uh, over the last eight years and it's multi-million dollar business. And I think for me, the takeaway is just, wow, if we really focus and we really just like stick with it and we're consistent, um, it's quite incredible what we can do in eight years, five years. And so I think that's a big takeaway and sharing those stories that continue to support that message. Yeah. And to add to that, just, there are so many ways to build a successful business. You know, I, I know that it's really popular for gurus online to say, Hey, I've got my method. And if you implement my system, you'll have, you know, whatever the business is. Right. And you're basically recreating their business for yourself. And yeah, it can work. And sometimes it, oftentimes it probably does. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's not the only path. There are so many ways, you know, you can do what you did, Roy, where you, you start in-house and you get a job and then you move out. There are people who start out freelancing and figure it out from for themselves. Uh, you know, people who are starting in agencies. There are people who start out as copywriters and then work more into strategy or consultant roles. It, it, there's no one right way to build a business. Uh, maybe there's one wrong way to build a business. I don't know. There are a lot of wrong ways to build a business, but there are also so many ways to succeed at what we do. Of course, there are things that can help you as, as you go along. And, and some of the things that we teach in our program, some of the things that you teach in, in your programs will help people shortcut that oftentimes. But you don't need to build Rob's business to, to be successful. I, you don't need to rebuild Roy's business to be successful or Kira's business. You can build your own business. You can find your own way. And the fact that we've talked to, you know, well over 250 copywriters who have done that, none of them, none of them are the same. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing the, the many I'm, paths to success. I'm so exhausted recently from two particular offers that clearly there's somebody out there pitching it. And one of them is... We are a commission-only LinkedIn lead generation company for service businesses. And I get like five of those pitches a day. Yeah. You know, somebody trying to get me leads off LinkedIn for commission only. And the other one is, oh, we'll take your YouTube videos and we'll convert them into TikToks and YouTube shorts <laughs> and like all these short videos. And no, thank you. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah. 
maybe that is a great business model, but it also becomes super saturated quick when you have somebody who's just pitching that relentlessly as the next hot business opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to um, add too, like, and I'm thinking yeah. about podcast interviews and, and um, the message too. I think what I took away is that you can have fun along the way. And some of the, the people who inspire me the most copywriters, marketers, like they have boundaries. They have created business that has not taken over their life, even though many of us started there and like, they feel, they sound energized and excited about what they're building and they're having fun along the way. And Carlene Inglay Cole reminds me of that because our last interview with her, like she's having so much fun in her business. She's having the time of her life. She's traveling. She's like rocking YouTube. And it's really inspiring to hear that and know that we can do that too. Um, and we can start now. Yeah. I can't imagine Carlene not having fun. So right. I guess that says something for, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess in the context of this, like paths to success for a copyright, um, obviously, well, I don't know. I don't like that question. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pivot oh, away Yeah, I want that, that question. question. What is that question? Uh, well, okay. Um, so, so obviously community building has worked really well for you. Audience building through the podcast has worked really well for you. Um, do you, here's the part of the question that I don't like. Um, is it right for everyone? Um, or what other, what other paths, uh, obviously it can work for some people. But what other paths might um, also be worth considering for copywriters for whom uh, they're not sure what it would be like to start a podcast that gets 1.2 million downloads and have a community of 14,000 people that requires, you know, daily check-ins and management. Um, yeah. So, so um, respond. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think a community is for everyone totally. because number one, it's a ton of work to maintain it. The reason we're able to do that is because we have a team managing a lot of that um, to make sure it's running smoothly. Um, but also I just don't think everyone's personality is designed to create a community and to engage in that way. So um, podcasting, I tend to feel that everyone, I think Rob and I disagree here. Everyone has a podcast in them, just like everyone has a book in them. Um, I think, I think that everyone should have a podcast, even if it's only one season long, we all have strong opinions. We all have interests and that could easily cater to a podcast, whether or not it's professional or not, and it's helping you make money. That's another question. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to podcasting, I'm not sure everybody needs a podcast of their own, but I do think just about everybody should be on podcasts. You know, if, if you're a copywriter and you don't want to manage a community, you don't want to have your own podcast, that is fine. There, like I said, there's a million ways to do this thing, but you still have to get noticed by clients. You still have to get out in front of your clients. And if you don't want to be pitching them, or if you don't want to be, um, you know, approaching them one-on-one, -on -one, you do need to be out there doing other things. And being a guest on somebody else's podcast is a great way to do that, especially if the podcast is in the niche that you serve. So, you know, if I'm if I'm working for attorneys and I can get on two or three podcasts for attorneys, you know, talking about marketing or talking about how to acquire more clients or, you know, something like that, then, then of course you should absolutely be doing that kind of a thing. Otherwise, I've got to be making those connections in some other way, right? So um, does everybody need a community? No. 
uh, not their own community. Does everybody need to participate in a community where they can get support, where they can have friends, whatever? Absolutely. It's only going to improve their lives. Even those of us who are extremely extroverted, who don't like to leave the house, you know, uh, more than one or, once or twice a week, we can still benefit from that kind of feedback. Yeah. Um, so, right? yeah, I think. Did I say, didn't extroverted. I say not? The, you said oh. extroverted. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was Those... like, you and I are not extremely extroverted. Yeah, I am not. I'm not. Sorry. I should. That is a, that's a potential edit that you should probably be making <laughs> if you made edits to this show, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll edit that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Kira, uh, Kira and Roy are sitting here like, Wait, uh, wait a second. I don't think that's the word <laughs> that you meant to put in there, which is a normal thing for copywriters. Shame, like in, shame. In, yeah. Um, so we, as three copywriters together on a podcast episode, we haven't talked much about the actual craft of copywriting, um, but I did put one question at the end of my list here that I wanted to make sure that I asked. Um, if, and, and I'll post this to each of you, if you had one single copywriting technique or strategy that you had to lean on every time, so you could be writing some sales landing page, you could be writing video script, you could be writing, uh, I don't know, Facebook ads or whatever, you're, you're writing a piece of copy, what technique or strategy are you going to lean on every time and and why? Yeah. Huh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good uh, one. So, I mean, it's unfair to limit it to one, right? Because uh, there are so many. Uh, I would say uh, if I only had one and I and it was the the thing I had to lean on, it would probably be probably be around getting attention. Um, you know, having the ability to capture somebody's attention. Um, you know, whether it's through something, you know, curiosity, that kind of a thing. Because without that initial attention, it, nothing else matters. If you can't catch the attention of your audience, then you never have the chance to you know tell them your story, give your pitch, sell a product. Uh, you know, none of that, that matters. Um, and if I had two, then I would add to attention, um, relevancy, you know, making sure that you're talking to the right people, that what you have for them will help solve whatever the problem is or help them make the gain that they need to make, or, uh, you know, that they can in, in the jobs to be done vernacular, you know, that they can hire it to fill that job that they need done in their lives. Um, okay. But yeah. That, that, so that's before my, my two. Kira, before you before you jump in with yeah. yours, I want to probe a little bit deeper on the attention thing. So, Rob, in there, in the context of of okay, my my main goal, which I completely agree, I have often like even in the last week said the first sale you have to make is the attention sale because without it, nothing else matters, right? Like, what is your? If I say okay, how are you going to do that? Right? <laughs> like, I'm your client. And you're like, yeah, the number one thing that we have to do is get attention. Uh, like, what what are you going to pull out of your bag of tricks um, to make sure that you're getting the attention of our target market? And I know this vague, generic target market, yeah, that's hard, but yeah. And, and the answer is going to, I mean, it, it totally depends, right? I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. It depends on the offer that you're making. So Ogilvy is really famous for, for that phrase about headlines that, you know, 80% of your time uh, should go into the headline because, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing that 80% read and then only 20% read the body copy. Honestly, yes. uh, I have a bone to pick with that. Like, I don't disagree that it's true, but I think one of the reasons why that's true is because so many headlines are bad that, that nobody finishes the body copy, right? If headlines, if all of our headlines were good, 
the body copy would get way more than 80 or 20% of the, the reading. Right. So um, yeah. So is there, is there one trick? I don't know if there's one trick. I love, you know, stories as headlines. I love quotes as headlines. Um, you know, anything that's going to sort of be that new catch attention, those kinds of things. Um, you know, I, I said, that's the thing that I would rely on the most, but it's also not necessarily yeah. my best skill either. I, there are definitely people out there who who catch attention far better than I do. And it's something that I, uh, I probably ought to be improving. Fair enough. And arguably your second point of relevancy can go a long way because if someone is saying, oh, I want to learn underwater basket weaving and, and Rob's headline is um, the number one course on underwater basket weaving, that is going to catch their attention, right? Exactly. So relevancy uh, can trump gimmicks when it comes to attention. So Kira, let's let's turn the question on you. If you had one single copywriting technique that you had to lean on every time, what would it be? I like a good theme, like a party theme. I need a theme for everything. So whether it's an email, I need a concept to tie the copy to. If it's a sales page, I need I need it to hang on something that I can lean into because I typically write personality driven copy where it's like we really lean hard into it. So it could be a show, it could be about stranger things, or it could be talking about demons, or it could be pairing strange foods together. But any sales message I write, like I need to be able to pull that in um, when it makes sense. Sometimes you have to tone it down, but that's when I'm having the most fun. And when I'm having the most fun is usually when I write better copy, uh, but it's just geeking out on the creative side. And Kira's copy is really good at that big idea. Like she, she's really good at pulling that in and working it through an email or a sales. That's probably a better way of saying it. A big idea. Yeah. How how do you find the theme or big idea that's going to get you excited? Like if, I mean, you mentioned, you, you mentioned, uh, let's say picking a show, Stranger Things, like what's the context where, where you're going to loop in Stranger Things into the copy and have that, have that drive the energy of the piece? Yeah, we, that's an example we use with our, our team and how to write or focus on that. It was the upside down world. So if we're talking about we're selling a copywriting business program, we're talking about comparing the upside down world and what it looks like if you're not part of the business, uh, the copywriter accelerator compared to if you're in the real world and you do have access to the copywriter accelerator and everything you need to build your business, comparing those two to create a really strong visual that most people can relate to. And even if they don't watch the show, like they can get that concept pretty quickly. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's like a driving analogy, driving metaphor. I, I definitely use that type of approach often in my copy. And some of the, my favorite copy that I've written does the exact same thing. Like, or, or like I'll hear a client. Um, I have, I have a project I'm working on right now and the client had and I can't go into too many details, but the client had a history with like those gumball machines that are set up in businesses all around, like the, the spiral ones, right? And he had a history with that and it was completely relevant and he used it, right? Like it didn't come from me. He used it. It was relevant to the message for this particular offer. And I was like, yes, that's that's awesome. So you can talk about that particular thing and and that is the theme. And in this case, it was for an email, right? One of many emails in the campaign, but it's it's the theme. Like we can talk about these gumball machines and how awesome it can be to just like take bags of quarters into the bank. Right? And then, oh, if this, this other thing is an opportunity to get bags of quarters, like that can be awesome too, right? And um, 
So I'm totally with you. And, and oftentimes it's either some creativity, some uh, creative uh, connecting the dots or creative problem solving, or just knowing to listen, like, cause you're talking to the client, cause they may have something like that, that they use all the time that you just don't know until you hear it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's around nostalgia, whether it's talking about the gumball machine where we can just, we lean in because we, we miss it. We can relate to it. Or it's talking about stranger things, which is really just nostalgia for the eighties. And yeah. like talking about previous decades also helps people lean in because you, you most likely like feel such a strong connection to that as well. And I'm going to give you a call back to earlier in the show when we were talking about, you know, all the different things we should be reading or doing. Like, if you don't do that in your life, if all you read is a copywriting book, then the only headline, the only big idea that you're going to come up with is one that, you know, Arthur Johnson or Eugene Schwartz or someone else has already done, right? But because Kira is exposed to, you know, the watch culture a lot of around us, she can pull from that into, into her messaging. We all should be doing more of that. Yes. Awesome. Well, this is the point where as good copywriters, we should make sure that there is a call to action <laughs> in this episode. Um, and so I want everybody who's listening to make sure that they check out the copywriters, the copywriter club. And I will include links in the description with this episode, wherever you're engaging with it, to join the Facebook group, to get the copy writer club by email and um, out of selfish interest. And because I think that the episode is valuable, I'll include a link to my episode. Um, is there anything else that you would like to make sure that people uh, go check out as part of the copywriter club? Or do you have anything to say about, you know, what they're going to get when they sign up for the email or join the Facebook group? Yes. Yeah, Rob, you've got something really good that you've been working yeah. on. So, so we, uh, every year we do a survey of copywriters asking them about their income, the prices they charge. We just, this week that we're recording, so about two weeks ago, if this goes live in October, published to our blog, all the results from that. It includes data about um, annual income for copywriters and content writers. It's broken out by male, female. It's broken out by area of the world that you live in. And then we also took the prices that copywriters and content writers charge for 22 different kinds of projects, broke it out by five different levels of experience. You'll find that at the Copywriter Club dot com blog and we, we can give you a link to include Roy and all that it, there's actually three different posts there on the blog right now but if you go to that blog page you can um, just sign up for a digital PDF copy of all of that data it also includes seven different pricing strategies and what to keep in mind when you're setting prices it's uh, a 24 page report extremely valuable there's a free digital download for anybody who wants it. Um, you know, when we asked people to participate in that survey, we said we would publish the results, you know, to everybody in the world. And in the past, we've kind of held on to it for just our group. Um, but the information is just so valuable and ready. Anyway, if you're a copywriter, yeah. if you're a content writer, you got questions about pricing, go check it out. You'll, you won't regret it. Absolutely. That is such a cool thing. And I know I mean, I, I I took statistics classes in in high school, or I mean, in college, and the amount of like work that goes into figuring out the types of analysis that you have described there. Um, clearly, there is a lot of effort that went into creating this incredibly valuable resource, and 
arguably you could have charged a bunch of money for it and it would have been worth it to the right people, but it's awesome that you'll provide it for free. I will make sure that as this gets published that uh, I include a link where folks can sign up for that. So that's also in the description. And um, Rob, Kira, thank you so much for joining me on Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Um, yeah, and, and to everyone who's who's watched or listened throughout this episode, thank you. I would love to know what you got out of this that that is maybe the biggest takeaway for you as well. So Rob and Kira, thank you so much. Thanks, Roy. Thank you for having us. It was really fun. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.